so you renew the face of the earth. I've been thinking about that word, renew. It's a little word, but it has a lot in it. And if you think about it, it's kind of a paradox. Re-new. It means new and old at the same time. Making something new again. And if it's new again, how is it new? Right? Renewing something, it doesn't mean turning back the clock to exactly the way things used to be. Otherwise, it wouldn't be new. But it also doesn't mean forgetting what used to be, wiping it away, and starting over, because then it wouldn't be free. It'd just be brand new. Renew. I think it's a word for us to hold in our hearts in this season. But there was a time when the world was brand new. In the beginning, Genesis says, the world was formless and empty. And a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Or maybe, and the Spirit of God swept over the face of the waters. Because in the twin languages of Scripture, Hebrew and Greek, in both of those languages, wind and spirit are the same. Same word. Which can make for some tricky choices if you're a translator. I like to imagine a translation of the Bible where maybe every single instance of the word spirit was just wind, and where we heard about God's holy wind. And I wonder if that would give us a fiercer and wilder image of God. Well, that fierce spirit wind was there at the beginning, when everything really was not renewed, but just new. But ever since then, that spirit has been about renewal, taking what had died and making it live again taking what had grown old and making it new. The prophet Ezekiel had a vision of the spirit, the wind, a mighty wind, a mighty spirit rushing from the four corners of the earth to take the dead and make them alive again, to blow the breath of God into them, the same breath that animated the first human being created out of the dust. Ezekiel lived in a time of exile. God's people had been conquered by Babylon and dragged off to a foreign land. And the whole history of Israel, the sacrifices, the temple, the prayers, the commandments, lived only in their hearts and minds. It mostly hadn't been written down yet, because why would it need to be until it wasn't there anymore? Ezekiel saw what God was about to do. God was going to gather the people and bring them back into their land again. A new temple, a new life as God's people in their own land. A renewal. In Babylon, they had started to write those stories down. The creation story, the spirit of God on the face of the waters. The exodus, God appearing to Moses in a fire, a holy fire, that blazed in a bush without destroying it. God setting slaves free, the escape from Egypt, the giving of the law, the birth of a holy people. In Babylon, because they had to, they wrote them down to preserve the stories that had nurtured them. The scripture was born. In a time of exile, 
God's people became a people of the book, a people of the written Torah. And they brought those books back with them into their new life in the Holy Land. And that was part of renewal, reclaiming what was old and bringing something new. Many years later, the friends of Jesus were in a different kind of exile. They'd followed him around as he healed the sick, forgave sinners, told stories of God's realm, and brought those scriptures to life in ways they had never heard before. And then he was arrested, and he was executed, and he was buried. And then God's spirit breathed the breath of life back into his body. And he appeared to them, and they were excited, and they were overjoyed, but things didn't just go back to what they had been. He was among them, yet in a different way. He spoke of giving them power and sending them out to continue his work, to do things that he had not done. And he told them he'd be with them always, and he left them. They may not have known exactly what to do next, but they held to what had sustained them so far. They prayed in the temple. They kept meeting together. They broke bread. They gathered. And on the 50th day after Passover, they gathered together and something new happened because the wind of God showed up again. It blew among them and it sent them out into the world in the four directions, like an explosion of dandelion seeds flying off into the world to scatter the good news of the gospel. They were still the people of God, but in a new way. And they held on to so much of what had been the scriptures, the prayers, the stories, the creation, the exodus, the liberation, God in the burning bush. They carried those things with them. And so much was also new. They baptized in the name of Jesus. They broke bread in his name and discovered that he was with them in that breaking. And they wrote new scriptures, letters to one another, stories of what Jesus had done in their midst, stories of what Jesus was doing in their midst. They went out to all nations. The spirit blew them across borders, borders of race, borders of class, borders of gender. The spirit was wild and they became a new community. They shared what they had with each other. They cared for those around them who were vulnerable. It was a renewal. God sent forth the spirit and renewed the face of the earth. That was Pentecost. This is Pentecost. And you know, that same spirit is still on the loose in God's world. Nobody's ever caught it. Nobody has ever bottled it up. No one can. So where will it blow next? You and I have been gathered together today after a long time apart gathered from the four winds, gathered from a strange, a different kind of exile. And we are still in a time of pandemic, still in a time when normal doesn't exactly have a meaning. 
and where the world as it will be is being built for us as a congregation, for our society, for our whole world. The time when structures and institutions that we might have taken for granted are up for grabs in the church and in society. It is a time of new beginnings. There is no going back to much of what was, and yet there is much to carry forward. Renewal. We'll carry some things with us. We'll carry those scriptures. The scriptures of God's Hebrew people, scriptures written by Jesus's friends. We'll carry the baptism and the breaking of bread. We'll carry our practices of hospitality for neighbors and care for the vulnerable and love for each other. And maybe we will let go of some things. As a church, we may find ourselves letting go of some of the trappings of power and respectability of the church as an institution of conquest and empire. But the spirit may help us hang on to a lot of other things. The church as a place of healing, a launching place of hospitals and abolition movements and education, a place of welcome for refugees and strangers. But really, I don't know what the church will look like in five years or 50 or 500. I do know the wind of God will be blowing, fierce, wild, like she is now. A fire that blazes without destroying. A wind that brings new life to the dead. The wind is breathing in us in our own day a day of Pentecost.